How's it going, Faith Promise? Man, great to see you guys. Wow. Happy New Year, our second weekend at Faith Promise Church, and God is already doing a great work. It is just stellar to be with you. I want to welcome you from whatever campus you're at. You could be out in Campbell County. You could be in Anderson County. You could be out in Blount County. You could be at North Knox, Pellissippia, or literally around the world on our internet campus. We're just so excited that you're with us. You chose to worship with us this weekend. It's going to be an amazing weekend. It's going to be an amazing year. I believe it's going to be our greatest year yet. How many of you guys believe that? Amen, man. Oh, too. Praise the Lord. I believe that God's favor is being breathed on us, that God's presence is with us, that God's miracles are going to flow, that we are going to connect at a deeper level. We're going to experience God at a whole new level. And I just believe in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, that 2015 is going to be our and your best year. It really is this year. Our theme is Psalms 92, planted in the house of the Lord. And we're going to see tons of people planted couple thousand new people, I mean, couple, yeah, a couple thousand new folks going to be planted, and then thousands of those that are with us are going to sink their roots deeper into the Word of God, into the Spirit of God, into the things of God, into the house of God, and it's going to be amazing. Now, I don't know about you, but I love New Year's. Y'all like New Year's? Man, I love it. We get to recalibrate, get to realign, refocus, revive, renew. The old is gone, the new has come, and so I just, I, I just thrilled with the new year, we reflect on last year, what was good, what was bad. Then we, we press on. We forget what lies behind us, and we press on to the future. So it is just exciting. God is breathing his, and the Hebrew calls it the ruach, the breath of God, that he's breathing his breath. He is filling our sails, and we're literally going to sail off the map because we're, we're already where nobody's been, no ministry in East Tennessee, and we're going to keep soaring and keep sailing for God, and I can't wait to see all that God is going to do. Amen? Amen. So that's exciting. Now, before I, before I dive in the Word, uh, one of our small groups, Mark and Missy Winterton's small group, did, showed me this that they did with their small group. It's a 52-week challenge for Heart for the Harvest. I know that Heart for the Harvest is 11 months away. But let me ask you a question. Do you think that there were some people that would have loved to give it in Heart for the Harvest but weren't ready, hadn't prepared? Would y'all agree with that? It's no doubt. And people, people felt guilty about that, and we don't want anybody to feel guilty. So you can download this. It's on our website, and just their small group did it. It's just really small things you can do daily and weekly to get ready. Because, again, even though it's 11 months away, I believe it's going to be our greatest Heart for the Harvest. It's going to be our greatest year ever. Well, this weekend, our North Knoxville campus launches full bore in their new facility. Amen. Amen. Now, there have been hundreds of volunteers working for three weeks. Literally two weeks ago, their last weekend at the Expo Center, 150 people after church were there with trucks, with trailers, and moved everything out. And then the last two weeks, we have had hundreds of volunteers the staff, Mike and Candace, Kevin, Noah, uh, and tons of volunteers there, volunteers from Pellissippi, volunteers from Blount County, from all over Faith Promise Global have been getting ready. And we believe God is going to do a radical work in our North Knoxville location. Y'all believe that? North Knoxville, you guys believe it? Come on. Man. So let's just pray for them this weekend right now. God, we pray. We lift up holy hands. 
And we intercede for our North Knoxville campus. We pray, I know that every chair is filled. Lord, as we look out across that campus this weekend, you are drawing, you are moving. God, you're going to send revival. You are going to draw hundreds of families. You are going to save. You're going to heal. You're going to transform lives. It is going to be just a soul-winning revival station. And so, God, we ask you to breathe the Ruach, your power. We ask you to land on that place. We're believing for greater works. We believe that you're going to explode in that house. And so, God, we believe it and we receive it and we ask you to do it. And in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, come on, North Knox, we'll celebrate over there all that God is doing. Woo! Well, as we start a new series called Little Changes, Big Difference. And I'm so excited to start with this series for months, been working on, preparing uh, for this, the first series of 2015, so excited. Matter of fact, we're, I'm probably not going to have enough time. I may put two additional messages online. We'll figure that out and let you know. But we just there's so much stuff we want to communicate with you. I don't, I don't think we'll have time to get it all out. But I want you to think about something serious. Everybody's looking for a silver bullet. They're looking to do one big thing and fix everything. They're going to go one marriage counseling uh you know, session, and their marriage be heavenly. They're looking to take one diet pill and drop 100 pounds. They're looking to drive by the gym and lose weight. They're looking to, you know, uh, they're, they're looking to get debt free. See, we have all these things we want. That, uh, to, we want to be spiritual. We want to walk deeply with God. But we think there's going to be this one thing. If I can just find this one thing, if I can just find this one thing, it's going to fix all my future. It's going to fix all my finances. I'm going to be debt-free. It's going to fix all of my fitness. Even though I haven't exercised for 20 years, I'm going to take three pills and I'm going to have, you know, abs. I have abs. You just can't find them. <laughs> they're in there somewhere, but they're covered with a layer of warmth. And uh, see, see, we want this one deal. We want this fad diet. We want this one thing that we're going to do, but it's never the one thing, is it? Except for salvation. It's these little things that we do daily that make a big difference in our lives. You know, if you want to get healthy this year, you don't have to go to the gym for five hours a day. How about going four days a week for 40 minutes? Do some cardio, do some weights, and, and have a high-protein, low-fat, low-carb diet. You're just not going to wake up and drop 50 pounds. You're going to wake up and, but, but it's the little things we do every single day. It's, it's the biblical power of sowing and reaping. That which you sow, you shall also You're going to reap that. So whatever you're doing, that's what you're going to get. But we want to use the power of compounding interest. We do a little every single day. It compounds, and then it makes a big difference in our lives. Now, what we do is we, we look at people that are fit. You know, go the, the, and we look at them and we say, well, I could, never, I could never do that. Or we look at somebody that's got a great marriage and think, well, my marriage could never be that good. Or look with somebody who's, who's, you know, who's debt-free and doing well financially and say, well, I, that could never be me. Or we look at somebody who's doing great in ministry. Or we look at someone that we believe really walks deeply with God and we say, but I can never be that. And we just, because we, we, we get involved in the cult of comparison, and we've said, but I could never be that. I could never achieve that. And there's just no hope for me. Can I tell you what? That's just wrong in Jesus' name. You can be fit. You can be debt-free. You can walk deeply with God. You can, if you're married, have a great marriage. You can. When I first got saved, 
I just, it didn't take but just a few weeks to know that the key to the kingdom was spending time with God every day. Would y'all agree with that? And so I started asking everybody I knew that I believed walked with God to tell me about their quiet time. I was going to expect, you know, they read through the Bible every month or they memorized a whole book every day or they fasted, you know, every day or they did all this stuff and did this, this big thing they did, but it was, it was never that. Matter of fact, almost none of them said, well, I spent an hour a day with the Lord. What I began to find was the key was consistency. They were with the Lord every day. And that they were every day, and it began to affect, and it was a snowball. Because, see, we all want to be closer with God. We all want to draw near, but, but, but many of us are not doing those things because we're waiting for one, to read one book or have one prayer, and it's going to change us. No, it's the little things you do every day that make a big difference. You want your marriage to be better? Anybody want a better marriage? All right. We must have some <clears throat> stellar sermons or my microphone's not working. Are you afraid the person next to you? We, we all want our marriage to be better. Listen, there's not a magic bullet. Hey, pray 60 seconds together every day. Pray 60 seconds. And you don't have to pray King James. That's what some of you guys are afraid to pray because you don't know theest, thouest, and doest. <laughs> Just grab our hands and say, I want to pray for you today. The God will protect you. I want to pray for our marriage every day. When you get real and transparent, God just begins to do something. So it's not this big, huge thing. It's, you know, it's just the little things that we do. Now, I have a watch, and we know what my watch does. It tells time. It tells me what time it is. You know what my watch doesn't tell me? How much time I have left. The Bible says to, to number your days that you might present to God a heart of wisdom. To, to, to prepare, to realize. I'm going to give you a, a biblical command about your time and my time. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16, it says this. Make the what? Make the most of every opportunity or of your time because the days are evil. Now, make the most. The King James translates that redeem. Redeem the time because the days are evil. That's how the King James. But, but make the most of, which is it's a command, but in the, in the Greek, the word really is to redeem or to redeem your time from another domain. Now, we used to all be on the enemy's team, right? And our time was not our own. The world had our time. The devil had our time. Everybody else. When you're born again, you are now to redeem or make the most of every opportunity. Make the most of your time because the days are what? Evil. So can I tell you something? It is the will of God for you to redeem or to make the best use of your time. Would you all agree with that? Now, let me, I'm going to ask you a few questions as we enter into this year to help you think about that. The question number one is this. What would your schedule look like if God were in control of your time? What would your daily calendar, what would your schedule look like if God were in control of it? Now, we can read the four Gospels. You know what we see? How Jesus spent all of his time. We know what he did on a daily basis, weekly basis, monthly basis, and annually. We know what he did. Daily, weekly, and monthly. A leader's schedule a Christ follower's schedule looks different than other people. So let me ask you a second question. Uh, second question. Is your schedule working for you? Are you becoming who God wants you to be? Because listen, 
It's all about your schedule of what you will be. It's th- this is a secret that we don't seem to get. Ephesians 5.16, make the most of your time, redeem the time. We are to, well, our schedule is to work for us. We are not to work for our schedule. But many of us, even though we're Christ followers, are slaves to our calendar, aren't we? We're slaves. We're looking at our iPhone all the time. What have I got to do? Where have I got to be? What, what have I got to do next? What's the deal? What's the deal? And so I want, I want to give you a biblical thought. If you're listening, say I am. Setting your schedule is a holy endeavor. What? Or what? Setting your agenda, your schedule, daily, weekly, monthly, and annually is a holy endeavor. But we don't look at it like that, do we? Very few of us, when we sit down to write a weekly or monthly or sit down and work, we never say, Holy Spirit, would you help me now as I plan my time? Because I, I want to redeem, I want to make the best use of every opportunity of my time. And so help me now as I craft this calendar. We don't even think like that, do we? Come on, let's be real, do we? No. And so what we need to do is we need to, we, we, as you, or as you, if you were to pull your calendar out right now, let me ask you a question. Are there any non-related work items on your calendar? There, there's, there's typically not. There's no non-related work items. And as Christ followers, we need to have non-related items on our calendar. So, you know, I mean, you, I, as a matter of fact, I could probably ask you, what would those be? If I were to say, what are, you know, what, what, what are those? Many of you could come up with it. You would, you, you'd know. You, you'd realize all that God wants you to be and all that God wants you to do. So let me ask you another question. Are you ready? If you're listening, Sam, how much do you involve the Holy Spirit in your scheduling? See, is the Holy Spirit our God? Is he the one that empowers us, directs us, controls us? Then we need to involve the Holy Spirit in, in designing and creating and working out our schedules. How many of you want to, if you got kids, want to be a better parent? Let me see your hand. Come on. All right. If you're a parent, your hands are up. If not, get rid of them. And so, <laughs> and so, we, we, so we want to be better parents, so schedule it. One of the best things you can do is have dinner together at night at home. Not at McDonald's. No, no. McDonald's, no, no, at home, four or five nights a week. Do you know that families who have dinner together, their kids make better grades in school? It's a proven fact. And so, do, do you know where most of our families are every evening? They're on a the ball field because we want to create athletes. So, most mom and dads sit their butt on a bench five, six nights a week watching Junior or Sally practice. We run home. Throw, to, throw something on the table, and we hurry and gobble it down, and we go to bed. So we start all over the next day. Nothing wrong with sports. But listen, if you want to be better parents, you have to schedule time at home with your families. That makes sense. So that they're non-related work items that need to be on your calendar. How many of you really want to walk deeply with God? How many of you want to increase your, okay, man, listen, okay. So let me ask you a third question. Are you ready? Because this, I'm telling you, this message is going to help you. Number three, who do you want to become? Who do you want to become? I want you to get this. See, many of us know who we want to become, don't we? 
But we schedule what we have to do, not who we want to become. Schedule who you want to become, not what you have to do. Don't let the world dominate your schedule. Now, I know we have to go to work. I know there are things we have to do. I got that. But listen, there are other things that are more important. I'd, if the surveys are right, then 80% of us don't like the job that we're in. Is that right? That's right. That's just the national average. So you know what? Schedule your way out of that dead-end crappy job. Schedule a night class. Schedule an apprenticeship. Put something on your calendar so that in next year you're going to be out of that junky job and into a better job. Because you're not just going to wake up and have a silver bullet. Boom! And somebody's going to call you and say, hey, we've got an engineering position. We know you're not an engineer, but we'd like to pay $90,000. Come sit in the office. We're <laughs> not going to do that. But if you went, you take one night a week and you take some classes and you improve yourself, schedule, listen, schedule what you want to be more than what you want to do. John Grissom, you ever heard of him? John Grissom was an attorney and hated it. He's sitting at his desk, hating his job and hating his life because he didn't want to be a lawyer. He wanted to be a what? A writer. So John Grissom scheduled one hour early at work every day, five days a week, to get to work an hour early and write one page a day. That's what he scheduled. That's 300 million sales later. He's not practicing law. He's counting his money. Now, this is not about money. This is about doing what you want to become. Does that make sense? Because, see, what we do is we go home, I hate my job, I hate my boss, it sucks, it's terrible. And five years later, I hate my boss, I hate my job. Ten years later, I hate my boss, I hate, listen, it's your fault. Are you with me? It's your fault. Quit griping. If you're not going to do anything to change it, like it. Like it, lump it or leave it. Are you with me? So, come on, man, come on. So, let me ask you a question. Are you ready? Are you glad you came to church this weekend? I'm serious. Are you all glad you came to church this weekend? Okay, listen. Amen. Put it on your schedule. Put it on your schedule. See, Jesus did. Luke chapter 4, verse 16, look at this. He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went to the synagogue, as was his what? See, this is what he did every week. He went to church. He went to Sabbath. He went to the synagogue, as was his custom, his M.O., his method and his motive of operation. And so listen, listen, our theme this year is getting planted in the house of God. Now listen. You can't be planted in the house of God coming every other weekend. And frankly, most people don't come as much as every other weekend. I was with uh, Andy Stanley not long ago. He said the average family in North Point comes to church 1.2 times a month. I said, that's not us. Well, I would challenge you to actually sit down and figure out how you come. Because you've got all the holidays, vacation days, travel days, and then if Junior's sick, everybody stays home. Now, you got four kids, one sick. Why do six people have to stay home? Are you with me? But that's what we do. Well, Junior's got a sniffle. Come on, unpack. We're all staying home. Get a life. Leave one person with Junior and everybody else come to church. Amen? 
Faithfulness is declining so rapidly among the people of God. They think that churches are declining. The attendance is not as much declining as the attendance percentage is. And so if you want to be planting a house, listen, you've got to be here more than every other week. When you're gone, get on the iCampus. That's why we have it. I was gone the last two weekends. If you're at another campus, you don't even know that. If you're a Pelsippi, actually I had people, Pelsippi doesn't don't even know. Because you're watching the wall. You don't know. Nobody looks at me. Front row people look up there. I'm trying to get eye contact. They're looking up there. And then people say, well, I don't know about video. Well, it's all big. Thank you. Watch. I wouldn't even hear people didn't know about it. Dang. So, so we have an eye campus. Let me tell you, the last two weekends when I took my family on a cruise, guess what? I was on the eye campus both Sundays. I was there because I didn't want to miss. I want to be connected, planted in the house of God because I want to flourish. If you missed the message last week, you can get online or go to our resource centers at any campus and get it because you need to hear what we're doing. So I'm going to give you this weekend what, what I'm going to call the 15-minute chair challenge. Are you ready? 15-minute chair challenge. Find a chair. I have two. Find a chair and a Bible and 15 minutes. A chair. Have you got a chair? You have a Bible. You have 15 minutes. Okay. Schedule it. Put it on your Blackberry. Put it on your iPhone. Put it on your Samsung tablet, whatever you use. Put it on there every day, 15 minutes. So I don't know what to do. Well, I'm so glad you said that. Get one of our booklets for this year. Because we're, we're about to finish the first week of fasting out of three to ask God's favor for the year. There's a 21-day devotion that I wrote for everybody. There's a Bible reading plan that we're all on. And so get, if you don't have one of these, they're at every door, at every campus. Grab one before you go. There's plenty of copies. And, and let's roll. There's prayer requests in there. There's places to write. So grab one of those. Take 15 minutes every day to listen to the word and the whispers of the Holy Spirit. Now, let me ask you a question. Can you find 15 minutes for Jesus every day? Excuse me? This will change your destiny. This will transform your future. Not a silver bullet, 15 minutes a day with God. You say, some of you say, wait a minute, I already spent more time than that. But you used to, used to not. You started with 15 minutes, and you love your time with God so much that it grew because you're a God hog. I'm a God hog. I want more of God. And so what you found is 15 minutes wasn't enough. So I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the other 5,000 of us this weekend are not having a, a regular quiet time. The 1,000 of you, man, do your 30 minutes, 45 an hour. Do whatever you do. I'm talking to the thousands of people who are not scheduling time with God. Does this make sense? And so let, put it on your calendar. It will change you forever. What I, I got saved, I started asking people. I didn't know how to read my Bible. I didn't know how to pray to it. So I just started spending it, you know, a few minutes every day, and then it grew and it grew, and then I learned to have a spiritual growth plan, and, and it just grew and grew and grew, and it's changed who I am. It's changed me as a pastor, as a man of God. It's changed me as a husband. It's changed me as a, as a father because I want to continually grow closer to God. And so, listen, I'm scheduling God. Every day, God's on my calendar. When people say, hey, can I meet you? I say, hold on, let me look. No, I'm sorry, I'm booked. What are you doing? It doesn't matter, I'm booked. Who are you meeting with, God? 
Well, come on, you can move that. Are you telling me to punt God for you? You pathetic weenie. God, I'm going to punt God for you. Who do you think you are? The fourth person of the Trinity? Not happening. God's first. Amen. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and body. So, 15-minute challenge. Let me give you one other challenge. Are you ready? Rewrite your schedule putting God first. Rewrite your schedule putting God. Again, I'll tell you what's going to happen. Generations will be transformed because of that. Now, God transformed me from my family, my biological family. Now, many of them have been saved. My, now, my family, all my kids are saved. And now, now it's going to affect my granddaughter and future grandkids. It's affecting this church. See, that time with God exponentially compounds and moves out. Does that make sense? And it'll happen the same for you. I'm no different than you are. We're all the same. Let me just give you some verses. Psalms 119.11. Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not what? Man, sin against you. We're in a world of temptation, church. And I don't want to fall prey. Amen. So I want to have the word of God hidden in my heart. 2 Timothy 2.15 says this. Do your best. Give your best ever. Be diligent to present yourself to God as approved a workman who does not need to be ashamed and one who correctly handles the word of truth. You've got to schedule it. 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know that from from whom you have learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scripture, which are able to make you wise unto for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scriptures, God-breathed, inspired, and is useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, training in righteousness, that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped. Uh, Proverbs chapter 8, Blessed are those who listen to me, God speaking, watching daily at my doors, waiting at my doorway for those who find me wisdom. That's where we'll find life and receive favor from the Lord. Next, next verse. Matthew chapter 6. Give us this day our what? Daily. Daily. Listen, not weekly at church. That helps. Give us this day our, did you, have you eaten since last weekend? Of course you have. But you need spiritual food. One day a week, I'm going to cut it. Give us, Lord, our daily bread. Next verse. Luke 9, 23. Then he said to them, Whosoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves. Take up their what? How often? How often? Not on just on Sunday. When you get up and you go to a job you hate, or you're dealing with a boss or employees, man, get up every day, shoulder your cross, man, follow the journey, and put Jesus first every day. Amen? <laughs> follow me. Follow me. This is a daily deal. I think there's one more. I think there's a Corinthians verse there. Yeah, 1 Corinthians 5, uh, 1531. I face death every what? Or actually, I, I, actually, or I die daily is the literal translation Paul said. I die daily to who? Myself and the world and the devil, and I live unto him. The challenge, church, is daily. Daily in the Word, daily some prayer. You know I do it for an hour? I'm not asking you to memorize the whole Bible. I'm asking you to find a chair. 
and a Bible and 15 minutes. A chair and a Bible and what? A chair and a and a and a and in Jesus' name it'll change your destiny. Give God some praise in the house. <clears throat> wow. Now what people say is, but Pastor, I'm just too busy. You don't understand my schedule. And when you're too busy for God, you're, you are a slave to your schedule, not to God. And we are to be slaves to God only, not to our schedules. Does this make sense? This, this is the deal. Matter of fact, do you know, one of the, there's two things in the Old Testament that there are two of the greatest things to prove the people's faith in God. The first was the Sabbath. That means they worked how many days? And they rested how many days? One, they worked six days and they rested what? Now, did they work at the factory? Did they work it at AT&T? Did they work in IT? What were they? Farmers. It was a completely agrarian society. Now, if you've never been around a farm, is the work ever done at a farm? It's never done. But if you're harvesting, if you're planting and harvesting, are you on a time constraint? you got to get those ripe crops out of the field before they rot or before it rains. So you got a window of time. You've got to plant within a window of time. Does that make sense? And so God said in the middle of your busy schedule, while you're trying to feed your family, once a week, stop, worship me, and rest. And, and for me, I really truly believe the biggest deal is that it proves that we trust God, not our work. That we believe our crops will produce better with God than they will without God. That six days with God is better than seven days without God. Does this make sense? So he, he told him to give me a Sabbath day, and he said, give me a tithe, 10% of your income, of your harvest, of your crops, of everything, 10%. Those two things proved they had faith in God, that they gave away 10% to God at the house of God, and that they worshiped God on a weekly basis. Now, let me tell you, we're talking about this chair challenge, hell Hell will pull out all the stops to stop you from spending time with God. Now, have you ever wondered why the hardest thing you can do is, is spend time with God every day? Because hell is fighting you and so is your flesh. Because the old nature wants to be in charge. The old man, the old woman. They don't, they don't want to surrender to the lordship of Jesus. So there's a battle every time you do it. And so it's really about, about, you, about who's in charge. And so are you ready for the chair challenge? Are you going to do it? Imagine thousands of us every day, thousands of faith promise every day in our chair with our Bibles, time with God. Then imagine thousands of us are in our 21-day fast praying for, for, for each other, praying for yourselves, and praying that God will bless every congregation. North Knox says as, as the, this weekend, this weekend, Blount County launches its third service on Sunday morning. It's Campbell County's just leased some new space for additional children's space. And we're moving, I mean, Anderson, and we're moving Campbell County. And so at every campus, God is doing things. And so imagine thousands of us fasting this 21 days. Imagine thousands of us reading the same passages of Scripture all over East Tennessee and the world, praying for each other. This is what I believe. I believe all heaven's going to open up for us this year. I believe revival's going to break out. 
And I believe God is going to move. Many of you will remember this weekend, as you begin in earnest to spend 15 minutes a day with God, it will change your forever. Because what that 15 minutes beginning to do will create an intimate relationship with you and with God. Y'all believe God wants to be intimate with you? He wants it so badly that he sent his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him would not perish but have everlasting life. These things have we written to you that our fellowship would be complete. First John, we, we have fellowship with the Father through faith in the Son. It's not about religion. It's, it's not about a dogma or a, or a list of do's and don'ts. It's about a relationship with God. And God wanted that relationship so bad that he sent his son to die for us on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins, to cover our sins with his blood. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. And even though I was a drug dealer and a dope addict in a low life, when I got saved, all of that went under the blood. Amen. Come on. New start. And so all across Faith Promise Global, there are people at every campus who've never surrendered their life to Jesus. You may have grown up in church. You may not have. You may have been here for five years. This may be your first visit. But right now, God is drawing you. He is touching you. He is speaking to you. And you know now 15 minutes is not going to work unless you have a relationship with him. And so God said, whoever would call upon the name of the Lord would be saved. To believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you'll be born again. And so with every head by every eye closed, if you're ready to confess Jesus as your Lord, if you're ready to begin a relationship with him, he's ready to begin a relationship with you. So we're going to pray this confessional prayer with you out loud to help you and lend you our faith as you make this faith step. So let's pray. Dear Jesus, I know I've sinned, and I'm so sorry. Forgive me. Come into my heart. Be my Lord, boss, ruler, and master. Have my time, my schedule, and all that I am. I surrender to you. I will walk by faith in Jesus who died for me and rose from the grave. In Jesus' name I pray. And all God's people said, give God some praise, would you? Wow. Wow. So excited about what God is doing. This year, again, the theme is planted in the house of the Lord, Psalms 92, 12 through 14. The righteous man will be like the palm tree. He will grow like the cedar of Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord, and he will flourish. And so listen, one of the ways you can be planted is you've got to get into the core. If you've never been in next steps, if you've never found out all that's involved with going deeper with the life of God at Faith Promise, then sign up at every campus. It's every, it's every second weekend, uh, second Sunday. And so you can, you can sign up for that on our communication card. If you prayed, it opens your heart up to heaven. For the very first time, take your card and say, I prayed with the pastor. And, uh, or maybe you need to get in a group. Maybe you need to start serving. I'm not sure what God is doing, but God is doing a radical work. And I'm just believing we're going to have a couple thousand new people this year, your friends, your family, your, your neighbors, your coworkers, your teammates are going to get planted in the house of God called Faith Promise. Amen? 
And so that's what's happening. That's what's coming. And so you can, you can take those cards, go to the next step, or you can put them in the offering box. If you're a guest, you can go to the resource center and get a gift. But listen, I don't know about you, but I am stoked. I don't know if 14 was good, bad, sad, glad, mad. I don't know how it was for you, but it's gone in Jesus' name. And it's 2015, and it's a year to flourish in the house of God. Amen. Are y'all ready? Praise the Lord. Now again, just be faithful. By the way, 2014 is the greatest year in salvations, almost 650 baptisms. Did y'all enjoy that video the last weekend? Just some, it was the greatest year in growth. It was the greatest year. And so continue in financial faithfulness and watch what God will do. There'll be pastors and people down here pray with you. We love you. Listen, be back next weekend. We're going to go on. Little changes, big difference. We love you. See you next weekend. <laughs>